Hey there, CEOs. It's Brandy, and I have just a quick note for newer listeners. This show used to be called the She Who Dares podcast, but on May 5th, 2022, we changed the name to the Wedding Pro CEO podcast to better reflect my mission to help wedding industry entrepreneurs scale a profitable business they love. The content is the same, just a more descriptive title. Enjoy the show. Hey, hey, friends. I'm excited to chat with you today and welcome you to version 2.0 of my interview with Lauren Grove. That's right. This is take two. Until this episode, we've had the pleasure of welcoming each of my guests into our home to record live, which is really such a treasure since the conversation can be a bit more casual and more organic in person. And I was just starting to learn how to interview. So this has been a huge blessing. But most podcasts are recorded via the web, and as we've started to expand our guest list to entrepreneurs outside of our area, we knew the time was coming that we'd need to record remotely. Lauren graciously agreed to be our first remote recording, and thankfully, we told her she'd be the first before we started the interview. We practiced. We got all of the equipment and sound just right and did the interview like a champ. It was great. We finished and Arthur and I high-fived. Yes! And then we realized the fate of all fates. We never hit record. What the what? Out of all the things we needed to do, this was literally the simplest one. And we just missed it. I was devastated. I felt sick to my stomach. How was I supposed to go back to this incredibly busy business owner who took time out of her day to tell me her story and just say, haha, just kidding. Um, I need another hour of your time. So I sat on it for a day before I reacted. But you know what I ended up doing? I was honest. I told Lauren what happened. I apologized profusely and asked if she would even consider recording again. And she so graciously said, girl, I know how tricky technology can be and I would love to. Oh my goodness, how kind this human is to be so gracious with our learning curve. And to all of you out there who've made a mistake that you think you cannot bear to face, guess what? We've all done it. It's how you recover from it that will help you see if you are going to rise or fall. Okay, so now that I've bared my soul to all of you, please help me to welcome our guest this week, Lauren Grove. Lauren is the creator of Every Last Detail, an online publication to educate brides and put vendors in front of their ideal clients. Lauren saw a hole in the market when she planned her own wedding of brides simply not knowing what things should cost or how contracts worked. So she determined that she would create a space to provide this education for brides and also to vet and verify the most talented vendors across the country that she could personally recommend to brides looking to create their perfect vendor team. I can't wait for you to hear Lauren's startup story and see what she has planned for the future of every last detail. Welcome to the She Who Dares podcast, where you'll get a peek behind my brands into what it takes to make your passion a reality. Well, Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited. So will you tell me a little bit, Lauren, about what you do and, um, well, first tell our listeners what you do, what exactly Every Last Detail is. So Every Last Detail is a online wedding publication, um, mm-hmm. and it is 
It's been around for 10 years. Um, okay. It, Congratulations. It is, thank you. I know 10 years sounds crazy. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> um, a lot has changed in 10 years, both <laughs> in the digital world, um, publication world, and in the wedding world. Yeah. Um, so it's been interesting kind of like looking back a little bit and seeing the changes that um, I've had to make and the just how everything has changed, how the wedding industry has changed and how... Um, people have changed and consumers, yeah. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I actually started 10 years ago, um, not as a publication. And right. I started with the goal of building a brand for a wedding planning company. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I started out, I was a wedding planner and designer for um, a company in Tampa. And um, I knew, and they knew that I didn't want to like work for people for, for my whole life. So, um, <laughs> I started every last detail thinking that it was going to be my wedding planning company. And, okay. um, along the way, because back in 2009, what you did in 2010 was, um, you blogged and you had, yeah. had Twitter and, <laughs> Um, you built relationships and you built a brand that way. And so That's right. I thought that I would just start this blog and mm-hmm. um, have it be like the stepping stone for this um, eventual planning business. And along the way, it became an actual publication um, as I was planning weddings and designing weddings and meeting with clients. I would... Um, learn that couples did not understand things about weddings. And um, so it became a bit of like a, um, basically I would like meet with, with couples and want to grab them across the table and like shake them and be like, no, you cannot hire a photographer for $800. And then I would go home and I would write a blog post. Okay. Okay. That's super interesting how that came about. Yeah. So, and so, your blog was really to educate your clients. Yes. Yeah. Like, okay. it, um, it, and it's interesting because like, even though I didn't do it with any forethought, like I got into weddings <laughs> because I wanted to learn the right way to do things for a wedding because right. um, there were things that went wrong with my own wedding that mm-hmm. um, made it less than perfect. You know, like everyone wants to have a perfect wedding. Yeah. It, can you tell us about that for a second? So we kind of jumped in every last detail, then it's it's 10 years old and kind of how it started. But how did you even get into the wedding market? Like what even brought you here? Yeah. So um, I got married in 2009 and okay. um, planned my wedding all throughout 2008. I had like a, you know, 16 month engagement or something ridiculous, <laughs> but like yes. wanted a specific date and um <laughs> And I, I had a lot of trouble finding answers when I was planning my wedding. So like I, um, I would like Google stuff and I couldn't find answers. And so back then, um, forums were really popular, like the discussion on the knot and stuff like that. (laughs) And, um, I went there and I would ask questions and like some of those girls like ridiculed me for asking questions and what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, now, now, like now that I am aware of like, the, like <laughs> audience that turns to those things, sure. um, you know, they're lower budget. They like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, 
they're just a different, they're just different, um, sure. different than what I was. So, um, <laughs> so I couldn't find answers really. And I hired a wedding planner, but she was, um, she was local to my town that I live in, which is like a smaller okay. town. And, um, and it was not the best experience. Like she was like my mom's age. So like we didn't really connect oh. and it kind of ended up being that my mom basically planned my wedding. Cause I kind of, I was still going to school. I was, I had a full-time job. Like, um, it was, I just kind of like washed my hands of it a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, like I just, I couldn't find answers. And so okay. when I, when my wedding was done, um, I kind of looked back on a couple of the, of the things that weren't perfect. And it all right. kind of came down to the fact that I just didn't know, like, I wasn't prepared. My planner did not tell me, um, okay. like, okay. So my photographer, um, I had a Catholic wedding, a Catholic ceremony. So like the wedding was at like one and then we had like all this time in the afternoon for pictures. Well, yes. Typical it, Catholic wedding. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> of course, like you think, oh, well that's like great. That's great. That's a great opportunity yeah. for pictures. <laughs> um, so it actually, it rained and this was oh. May. So, um, it was like the beginning of rain, rainy season, mm-hmm. Florida, right? Um, which I did not account for, didn't even think about it, like nothing. And, <laughs> um, so we lost out on the whole afternoon of pictures for like, for oh, my portraits. No. Right. Now, like now knowing the photographers that I know, <laughs> like they would have just stayed with me and like, been like, Hey, let's take pictures like under this awning or whatever. No, she, right. um, she left and are we, are we, you're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she left, went and got your lunch. photographer left. Yes. Yeah. My photographer left me, um, and my bridal party, like for like two hours basically, cause it was raining like we couldn't do anything and we had all this time. Um, what? also mind you, her second shooter was like her 15 year old daughter, which was a little weird. Like, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she also like, she also left my, my reception fairly early, like nine o'clock, which I should have known. Like I should have known that there were X number of hours in the package that sure. I chose. Um, but my planner also didn't point it out to me. Like just, so like things like that, like we didn't get like yeah. exit shot and like just, I mean, there are minuscule things, like nothing went like ridiculously wrong, but, and like, even like how I, um, spent my money, I, right. if I had known better, like if I had known mm-hmm. that there were better options, like I could have spent my money in better ways. Um, yeah. but I just didn't know. And my planner didn't really like I don't want to tell you. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say she didn't care, but like, she was just (laughs) like, I don't know. It was just different. It was just different. That's so shocking to me though, because I feel like that is exactly why you hire a planner, right? So that even if it's day of, I mean, we go through every contract and we make sure Mm -hmm. that, you know, okay, is your photographer staying till the end? And if they're not, do you know they're not? And are you okay? Are you doing a grand exit? You know, like Mm -hmm. all of those things things that you would think a planner would do. So that right. helps me to understand why you're so passionate about educating <laughs> brides, you yeah, know? Yeah. Oh, I forgot one major thing. My planner left at like nine o'clock. What? Also. Yes. No. <laughs> so who cleaned up at the end of the night or like took your gifts and your cards and your stuff? My parents, I think. I, I, no. uh, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Girl, you have some like, horror stories. Yeah, like when she was like, okay, so I'm going to go now because I have another wedding tomorrow. <gasps> and oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> right? I know. But so this is what gives planners a bad rap, yes, right? Yeah, like absolutely. That kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I mean, mind you, she's no longer a business. Like I think um, sure. after my wedding, I think she ended up taking a job with a hotel or something. And now I don't even know where she is. But um, <sighs> yeah, so... Okay. That was my experience. And like mm-hmm. looking back on it, like literally I remember on my honeymoon, like I remember like being like, I feel like we just weren't prepared. Like, I feel like I just, there sure. was, that I should have known that. Um, and so like, I kind of, I just started like Googling more stuff and yeah. um, I ended up starting like a, I thought I was going to be a, a, like an invitation designer and oh, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. Um, so I started like looking at like invitation stuff and I like, um, bought Adobe illustrator and like wanted to start like trying my hand at design. I have no idea why invitations were like the thing, but like, um, and my first thing was cake. So I get it. Yeah. Like I made three wedding cakes before I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yes. Yeah. But I want to do something else. Exactly. So something like, in wedding. Yeah. So that was kind of what got me a little bit more, like a more immersed into the wedding industry, like online. Yeah. Um, and then I started a totally random like blog spot blog that was called the design grove. <laughs> and, um, along the way I found a wedding planner who was doing like a wedding planning certification course. And, okay. um, it was like a weekend course, but mm-hmm. I wanted to know the right way and the wrong way to do things. Like I distinctly Smart. remember being there and being like, so I just got married and I feel like a lot of things went wrong and I want to figure out like what was supposed to happen, like how things yeah. were supposed to happen. Yeah. So I did the course. Um, part of the course was that I had to apprentice, AKA work for free for <laughs> any kind of wedding company. Like I could have worked with a stinking DJ. Like it didn't matter. I just okay. needed to get experience in weddings. Like that was part of the thing. Okay. Um, and I, so I emailed a whole bunch of planners in Tampa, like nobody responded to me except for one. And she said, Hey, I actually know a company who's looking for some help. So that ended up being the like decor design planning at the time company that okay. I ended up like apprenticing with. They ended up hiring me part-time. Um, I ended up getting laid off from my receptionist job. Um, and then like a, like one or two months later, they hired me on full time. Um, and so that's kind of how I got in the industry. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. And, and is that, so you were working for them and you were, what were you doing for them? Were you planning weddings? Were you designing? I was planning and designing weddings with them. Um, the owner had, it was a husband and wife team or is a husband and wife team. And the (laughs) owner, um, was, had been planning weddings and she wanted to get into flowers. So I kind of like took over the planning coordinate. They had a lot of like coordination stuff more or less. So like I took over like the planning coordination stuff. Um, and so they continue to pretty much sell those options until I left. Okay. Um, and then like once I left the company, they completely stopped doing planning. That makes stuff. sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, the planning piece is so hard. So like if you have a great person doing it, 
awesome. But then to find somebody else amazing, you know, is kind of tough. Yeah. And for them, like they, in that like two years that I worked for them, like they, mm-hmm. they really got like a better grasp on the design stuff and like, smart. Okay. um, so they, they, it, it was a really good transition for them into right. the design and like florals and all of that aspect. So focusing on that. Yeah. So when you left there, you worked there for two years when you left there, was that to start every last detail or, um, when I left there, every last detail was like in existence and, okay. um, I left there to go full time with every last detail. So, Got it. um, basically I, had to decide. I remember that when my web designer um, called me and was, I was like on my way to work. Um, and given like, this is like a job that people would kill for, you know, like yes. I, you, know, you start at 10 in the morning and like, you know, it's <laughs> weddings and it's so fun and awesome. Um, yeah. I was on my way. It was like, you know, nine 30, but I was still, I was in traffic on <laughs> Franklin bridge in Tampa. Um, mm. And I remember being on the phone and he was like, so are we going to do, like, you mentioned a vendor guide thing. Like, do you want to do that? Or like, it's going to be $1,200 extra dollars and it'll be like two more weeks. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and like, kind of like, I don't know. Like I, I was just like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so then I kind of like, I crunched the numbers and I was like, I mean, basically if I work my butt off and put myself out there, I can replace what I'm making. And right. Um, and I can help more couples. Like if I, if I take this thing and if I go nationwide, worldwide with Mm -hmm. the internet of being able to reach anybody anywhere, instead of just being focused on one specific location, I can help more couples and I can educate more couples. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where it started in in April of 2011. I officially went full time with every last detail. Full time. Okay. So you had quit your job. And what did your husband say when you were like, um, PS, I have this cushy job. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) he was in chiropractor school at the time and, um, was making $0. So it probably actually was not the best Right. I mean, if we all wait for perfect timing though, right. When we would never do it. Exactly. And yeah. Um, I don't know. He was just like, if you think you can do it, then yeah, go for it. Um, he was, he was supportive for sure. He really had no choice because I was paying for everything anyways. So, um, I think I maybe had like one month runway. Like I did not have the whole, like they say to have six months runway of like, money saved up to, you know, pay for everything that you need. I, yeah, I did not have that. So, um, (laughs) it's kind of scary. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, so you just jumped in, you didn't take the time to, I think that's important. So people, you know, sometimes will stumble over starting because they're like, well, first I have to save six months or first I have to have a business plan or all these things have to happen first, but you didn't, you just, you just were like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to quit. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, like I had given them like February, March, April, I had like a two month, like I gave them like two months notice instead of, you know, two weeks notice just because (laughs) with planning weddings and all of that. Um, Oh, that's a good thing to note for all of you that are going to quit your job out there in the hospitality industry. Yes. yes. Give a longer notice than two weeks. Yes, absolutely. Like absolutely. So it was very much like 
on my side with them, it was very like way more calculated. And I kind of like tapered off my hours, like as we got closer and closer to the date. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because like I had a relationship with them and like, I, you know, I didn't want to just like leave them high and dry, but I was like, look, and the funny thing is, is they, they, I remember we were doing a wedding and they were like, we think you're going to become a photographer. And I was like, what? (laughs) No, I'm going to like, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. No, we think like, we think you're going to end up being a photographer. And like, I mean, they weren't being mean about it. They were just like joking. Of course. Yeah. And, um, I was like, no, no, I I don't have that. Like, that's not my jam. (laughs) So, yeah. So when you quit, I think that that's so important though. Like you said that you had a great relationship with them and then, I mean, even still today, like if you needed to go tap that relationship for something, you left on such great terms, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think people need to realize this is such a small industry. And so if yeah. you're going out to live your dream, please, by all means, that's what we want you to do. However, yeah, <laughs> that person you work, work for may be somebody that's a client one day or that you need, mm-hmm. um, or just in general, you want them to speak highly of you, right? And so give them notice and work together with them to kind of get to go out on your own. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you quit your job, it's April and, mm-hmm. and then kind of where were you at that point? Um, oh man, like I, I think I, I reached out to all of my contacts, like all of yeah. the relationships I had built from, just be from like being local in the industry and also, um, from like publishing. I had, I had been like publishing weddings and also doing advice articles and things like that. So, um, kind of just asked people like said, Hey, this is what I have. And, um, it started out back then. It was called Every Last Vendor. Okay. Um, I really like like play on words. So like ELV, ELD, <laughs> Um, I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that it wasn't called every last detail. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so it started out pretty early on. I decided that I wanted to do something that, um, was not just a one-sided listing. And, okay. um, because I also had been on the other side, like I had been somebody with just a listing on something and, I wanted to make sure that people who were paying me were like getting something for what they paid and okay. not just having something that just sat stagnant. So mm-hmm. early on, I decided that I was going to like be providing extra things with my yeah. quote unquote directory. Okay. Um, and I pretty, well, like what year, did, I don't remember what year I rebranded the vendor directory. And mind you, I hate saying vendor directory or vendor guide. Like I hate it with like, I hate it, hate it, hate it. Okay. If I didn't even have to have it, like Uh I wouldn't have it because what I am doing is way more of a marketing service for wedding professionals and, um, not just like a one-sided ad and I, yeah, but I have to have it because on the, on the outside it is, for brides and grooms to be able to find vendors. Uh, right. I get it. Yep. Yeah, okay. So, so, but like you're saying, it's not just a vendor directory, meaning like a vendor directory is literally a list that just kind of sits there and people can pick through it. But yeah, you're actively not just promoting your vendors, but also referring them specifically to brides that they're a good candidate for. Yes. Yeah. So over the years, it has become a much like 
way more referral based, um, Mm -hmm. way more marketing. So like back then it was like, I'll post about you on Twitter and Facebook because like that's all that existed. (laughs) Um, And now along the way, it's become um, like, yeah, you get a profile on the website, but that's like literally like 5% of it. Right, Um, right. It's a service like ongoing where I'm posting about my vendors on um, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, um, linking directly to their websites, like like basically taking myself out as the middleman and understanding more about how people are making purchasing decisions and the fact that they need multiple touches of like having somebody put in uh, being put in front of them before they make a decision and um and then it's like way more like being included in blog posts and I view it as very much a long-term marketing strategy as opposed Mm -hmm. to bam, bam, thank you, ma'am, like one and done type thing. <laughs> right. So right. Um, it's been, and it's been a, it's a big challenge because my competitors uh-huh. charge way more than me are <laughs> just on directory listing. They are just right. bad. So like, yeah, in the time that I've been doing this, I'm constantly staying away from those terms. Like I never say advertising. Sure. I never say, <laughs> um, directory or vendor guide, but like in terms of like the highest level of explaining it, then that's like now, like I, that's when I do use it. But, um, yeah, so it's way more of a service. Um, I have like transitioned it many times at, I'm, I'm always adding stuff. You are always adding stuff. And it's, it is, I think that that's an interesting way to describe it. I mean, I am part of the vendor guide or, you know, the uh, V list. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I think that's an interesting way that you're describing it for people to understand a little bit better is that it's not a vendor directory. That's really, Mm -hmm. I like that you said that it was more of like a marketing company because you are, you're kind of telling brides about, the people on your V list for them. Like you're giving their stump speech almost, right? When especially you're also qualifying a bride a lot of times if they're asking for referrals, you're like this, these are the people that are perfect for you. Yeah. And just sending cold leads. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been interesting too, because over the last year or so, um, Mm -hmm. as Instagram has gotten way more popular and also more popular (laughs) among engaged couples using it. Yes. um, One of my like behind the scenes strategies has been to develop relationships with brides and grooms. So like my focus on Instagram is not getting more followers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not getting more followers at all. Like my focus on Instagram is building relationships with these couples. So like trying to go and find the couples and like interacting with them. Like, so if they vote on my polls that I do, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, (laughs) I'll make sure to like follow them and interact with them. And I basically like will reach out to them and be like, Hey, do you need any vendor recommendations? Where are you getting married? What's your wedding date? And okay. If they need recommendations. Then I will send them whoever's on my vendor guy on the V list um, <laughs> who will meet their needs. Right. Um, and even like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that wedding wire and the knot don't know who or where their vendors are located. <laughs> Right. But I know where everybody's located. Yeah. Like the markets that they'll serve too. So like sometimes in our Facebook group, I'll post something and be like, hey, who will serve XYZ location? Like if it's more of a destination location and I'll get Mm -hmm. the vendors who say that they'll serve it 
Um, sometimes even if, if I'm trying to like work with a specific budget, like if, you mm-hmm. know, a photographer for $3,000, like, Hey, who will serve XYZ location? And you're in the $3,000. Right. Um, right. so I, it, it's becoming kind of like a matchmaking type it, thing. <laughs> <laughs> it really kind of is. And I think that's, um, like for you to be able to reach out to brides, I think it's kind of cool that they're seeing a publication reach out to them. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, they have to feel kind of special. Yeah. Uh, right. A lot of times the response is like, Oh my gosh, like, I didn't know. I didn't expect this. Like, thank you so much. Right. And then the funny thing too, is that like, sometimes from what I've seen, they, like they've already been looking at one of the vendors that I've recommended and my recommendation bumps that vendor up like in their, you know, whatever you want to call it, like point system or list or however they're trying to decide. Um, but they also don't always tell people that they were, that I've referred them. And this is like, this is a whole nother talk, but like, (laughs) um, you know, my belief surrounding that is because of those multiple marketing touches, like they Mm -hmm. very much lose that sense of referral. Like they don't really remember the first time they heard about somebody or they don't remember even sometimes the last time they heard about somebody, they just remember that they heard about them and like their process goes towards like, oh, I'm going to follow this vendor because I'm interested in them. Um, but like, they don't know how they followed them. So there's, that is a whole talk on like ROI and the fact that like <laughs> the quote unquote ROI doesn't really exist anymore with the way the internet is. But um. yeah, I think that's, <laughs> uh, that's an interesting topic though. And you're right. Totally different talk, but yeah. a lot of publications do say that, right? Because mm-hmm. you'll say, well, I can't track any leads back to this publication. And they're like, well, just it, people say people may not know that they saw you in our publication because they saw you in 10 publications, you know? And so I think that's really important too is, well, brand awareness there is just being seen by so many people. And then, Mm -hmm. like you said, you're giving specific recommendations, which is huge in itself, but that has to be frustrating for you when you know you (laughs) referred a vendor and they don't necessarily know that you referred them. Yes. Yeah. And um, you know, it, and it's fine. That's why I do a lot of education surrounding marketing <laughs> and, 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 and digital marketing and stuff like that. Right. But, um, I do like, I do track, like I use tracking links in all of my posts mm-hmm. for vendors. Smart. So like whenever I am, um, like if I do an Instagram post about somebody, like I have the ability within my Instagram profile to link, uh, assign links to specific Instagram posts, which I do yeah. later. Um, And so like, that's a tracking link or like if I post about somebody on Facebook, like that's a tracking link. So I'm able to Mm -hmm. click, like track the clicks that I'm sending to people. So I, I mean, part of it's just for me. So I at least know because (laughs) when you're receiving traffic from a social media platform, it shows the traffic Mm -hmm. is coming from the social media platform. Like it doesn't show that it's coming from me unless Mm -hmm. you are smart and you give (laughs) me, which I encourage people all the time to give tracking links that you are tracking to use tracking links for ah. your advertising platforms that you're using, um, which are usually should be like done through Google, which is like a whole thing, but, mm-hmm. um, training, Lauren. you need to do trainings <laughs> on all of this for all of the vendors. Well, so like that is kind of the other part of okay how I've been pivoting and transitioning and like, Oh my gosh, all the things. 
Um, right. So one part is that you educate brides and grooms, uh-huh, right? Yeah. Or, or client people getting married. Yeah. And yeah. then the other part is what? Um, the other side of what I, I do is education of wedding professionals. So, mm-hmm. um, it's evolved a lot over the years, but in like literally, I, I guess it was maybe like not last year, but 2000, uh, what it years this? Oh my gosh. 18. I don't know. Yeah. Like I think it was like 2018 when I kind of yeah. realized that like, there's a really big disconnect sometimes between couples and wedding professionals. And there's always like, I think it maybe started with the ghosting concept of like people Mm. being like, Oh, I keep getting ghosted. And, and like try, I see myself as a bridge between Mm -hmm. engaged couples and wedding professionals. And so like from the wedding, from like, from the couple side, like I'm trying to be the bridge for the wedding professional, educating them about the importance of hiring professionals and like what weddings really cost and all of that stuff. But Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really connect the bridge from couples to wedding professionals until recently. So I started doing, um, the most unscientific thing ever, Instagram polls. (laughs) (laughs) I love it though. They're so fun. (laughs) Um, and I pretty much do them now every Tuesday. I call it tell us Tuesday. And, um, in the next month or so, I'm hoping to transition it to like off of Instagram because bots oh. have been infiltrating the polls now. Uh, Girl, what is up with the bots? Oh my gosh. It's, oh, it's, it's really annoying, but they're so painful. Yeah, I know. It's, and it's like the weirdest, the weirdest. It's so strange. It's like, yeah. Yes. Um, lots of realtors on my side are, are botting me, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Like you're actually going to ever buy something from them. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, so I'm hoping to take it to like an actual survey platform soon. Mm. Um, so it can be way more scientific, but for now I have basically a year of this like data that I've been collecting, mm-hmm. asking couples things like, Hey, when you don't respond to a wedding vendor, what is the most likely reason? Um, and getting insight directly from them instead of us just like floundering and being like, Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. This is what this person <laughs> said. And this, this is what this person said. Um, because I always believe that like the true answers should come directly from the people that you're trying to. Absolutely. So, um, I've been doing a whole bunch of that. Like I have a report that is almost done of all of the data that I collected in 2019, um, of couples giving answers, like saying what makes them more likely to book a wedding vendor, um, what they're looking for, what's most important to them. Um, Mm -hmm. and, kind of been trying to like piece together like their buying habits and decision making yeah. habits. And, um, so then wedding professionals can take the information and apply it to their business when they're doing things like Instagram strategy. Like I think last week I asked a question, um, what makes them decide on booking a wedding venue and wedding photographer and a wedding planner? The answers mm-hmm. were different for all three. So like you can't necessarily take what one person is saying and apply it to what your strategy is. If you're a whole different, mm-hmm. if you're doing a completely different service. Um, so like with wedding photographers, they said that it was portfolio that caused them to decide to book a wedding photographer with wedding planners. They said it was their planners personality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so true. And I to me, yeah. <laughs> and like to me, and when the options were, um, I think like portfolio personality price and, mm-hmm. Gosh, I don't remember the fourth one, but 
whatever it was, like a lot of people were like, oh man, I'm really glad it wasn't priced. But like, if you think about the, the buying process, the buying journey, not even the buying, the research journey of a bride and groom, they start with price or they start with like portfolio. So like they're drawn in by your portfolio, whatever it is that you're posting, but then they get information and they inquire or they look on your website, hopefully where you have your prices listed (laughs) and they get your price. And then with, if you're a photographer, it's back to your portfolio for them to make their final decision. So like Mm -hmm. if you've already been weeded out based on your price, like that's not their decision-making factor. Like their decision-making factor lies with that portfolio. If you're a photographer, if you're a planner, you're weeded out based on price. And then their decision is made based on your personality and how well they get along with you as it should be for both for both types of vendors. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But that makes sense. Like you can't just throw price out and as a vendor and say, oh, they're not deciding on price. Well, you're, that's just the first step, yeah. you know, they're weeding out, but the ultimate decision maker right. is, you know, but if you're three times the price of somebody they like just as much, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> price still matters. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just an example of what I'm trying to do with it. So, yeah, that's smart. Um, Members of the V-List get this information every week. Um, yeah. And I've been kind of keeping it under wraps for the last mm-hmm. year or so. Like I, I'll send out snippets with my, to my audience sometimes, but um, I'm actually in the process of developing an education and like information only membership. So okay. um, I'll have like what I call V-School sessions, which happen right now within the V-List. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just like, basically education sessions with experts that are teaching in certain things. So like the Google tracking link that I just mentioned, like that would, yeah. that'll be like a, a training session within that. Um, and then members of this education membership, which is called V school, um, mm-hmm. will also be receiving the data on a regular basis, um, as well as reports for free. And then any, um, any summits that I do in the future, because I did an Instagram summit in the fall, uh, they'll get free access to those as well. So that's literally like in the works. Uh, Yeah. But I've just been, I've been trying to, I've been trying to figure out like, how can I better help wedding vendors? Because like Mm -hmm. my mission and everything is to help, help Mm -hmm. couples, help wedding vendors, help couples book wedding, like all, they're all connected. Um, so like I literally just made the decision last week that that's what's going to happen. And yeah. also in that I'm removing a level of membership from my V-List membership. And I'm focusing only on the marketing side of V-List before I was including like extra editorial opportunities and things like yeah. that. So I'm like kind of like condensing it all um, because I mean, basically, and this, this is kind of a good, I think like a good lesson to learn in the concept of like, do you provide what people want or do you provide what they need? And for me, I've really been struggling for the last year trying to decide like between the fact that I have this lower level or I have this lower level membership of what people said that they wanted because it was a lower price. Mm -hmm. Um, But what they need is the extra marketing they need to be posted about. Like that's where they get the most value. That's what they, that's where they get the most results. And Mm -hmm. so I've been like fighting, like I've been, (laughs) I've literally for like the last year fighting with myself. It's like an, an angel and devil on each shoulder (laughs) of like, Uh yeah, but like they, you know, 
it's, it's a low price and like you can get them in and you can try to like yeah. get them to upgrade and like, but then I'm like, yeah, but like what they really need is to get in front of couples and like, this is how they get in front of the couples. And so I'm eliminating the low option, only one option now starting Smart. in March. Um, well, and that'll probably help you, um, not have to keep differentiating which program do they have and who am I blogging about or all the things. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think I told a coach, like I had hired, I've, mm-hmm. I literally hired like probably three coaches to like okay. try and like get me through this like decision. And yeah. And I was like, I feel like I'm not giving them my best. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm ignoring them and I don't want mm-hmm. to ignore them. Like I yeah. want to pay, I want everybody to have an equal level of attention from me and I want them to feel like they're getting a lot out of it. And even though they say that they like it, if they're paying right. for the lesser one, um, I want to give them more. So, and yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's I, I mean, I think that. that's brilliant and knowing your brand and the service level that you provide. Like I think about that with our brand a lot for blush. We do, um, you know, people will say, well, I want a more basic package than your day of. And that is our basic package. And mm-hmm. they'll say, I don't need all the help. I don't need all the things. And I'm like, we don't offer less because I yeah. don't want to feel like I'm not giving you everything you need to plan your wedding. You know, we obviously have different exactly. tiers of packages, but our absolute most basic is everything we we know you have to have yeah. to be successful, you know, to have this amazing wedding. So I love that you're doing that and kind of taking away that tier that makes you feel like you're not giving them your best. Yeah. I love that. And you kind of have to know that as a, as a business. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think, I think it, I think it just makes a difference in how you decide to price yourself and yep. um, decide what you're offering and, yeah. I don't know why I never thought about it before, but I was, you know, well, you know, we have to have these epiphanies. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I'm always changing things and like, yes. I have to change things a lot because of the way that the internet changes and like the way yeah. people use stuff. So like my focus isn't even really my publication anymore. Like mm-hmm. my focus is getting my vendors in front of couples and meeting couples where they are. And like, yeah. they're not necessarily turning to the internet and publications as much anymore. They're turning to Instagram. So that's kind of, I've had to transition that and I've had to get out of that yeah. mindset. And one of the changes that I had to make in the last couple of years, and mind mm-hmm. you, like I also had a baby through all of this too. So like I went from working like 12 hour days minimum, like yep. only having five hours a day to work, <laughs> maybe if that. Um, right. So like I had to look at, where couples were at, how they were yeah. interacting with the internet, but also like what was taking me the most time. And I mm. went from publishing two times a day, two times a day, like when I had my baby, like I was in labor trying to finish a blog post. Like that is it, so did, crazy. it did not get finished, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I, the baby was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and she was early and people didn't believe me, but <laughs> It was also like April Fool's, so they thought it was a joke. Gosh, you're kidding. (laughs) Um, But like I went from publishing two times a day to publishing maybe once or twice a week. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I say publishing, I mean like the weddings being published and inspiration shoots being published, like the the really heavy image-based things that make a wedding publication unique um, because they take a lot of time. I was spending money to publish them. 
um, like pain writers and paying people to do them. And I realized mm-hmm. that I was throwing money away um, and that I was, I was trying to hold on to something that was no longer like, I don't want to say viable because it's still viable. Like it still is really beneficial to be published, but sure. it's much more of a long-term benefit as opposed to like a, a short-term benefit. Right. So that's why I focus on a lot more education content now um, for weddings and shoots. I, like I said, I only publish like one or two mm-hmm. a week and I only publish my members. So right. like Smart. that way, um, like money's coming in if money is going out and it, like, yeah. I'm serving my clients in that other way. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's because I had to look at like what, what has changed and yeah. another piece of things that have changed that I'm a little vocal about. Um, is that uh, publications across the board, like all over digital media, um, usually make used to make money primarily off of something called display advertising. So that's like the Google ads that you see. And that's how they make money off of traffic. And in the last couple of years with the advent of Instagram ads and like Facebook ads being so very popular and being able to directly target your ideal audiences on those platforms, which I think is amazing. A lot Mm -hmm. of large corporations have pulled their advertising budget from display advertising and funneled it into Instagram and Facebook advertising. So as a result, over the last couple of years, publications across the board, all over the place Mm -hmm. have been shutting down because they're not making money anymore. Right. So, um, that's been something that I've also had to like figure out because Mm -hmm. my, I wasn't, again, I wasn't making money off directly off of my traffic anymore. But the thing that I see within the wedding industry, particularly with people who have been in business for quite a while, um, Mm -hmm. they still view publications in that old way, (laughs) in that way from, of like five years ago where, oh, well, you're making money off of my content. Like, no, actually I'm not. (laughs) So that's something that I'm a little vocal about um because a lot of publishers they keep things under wraps because they want to like yeah you want to be professional like when you're a business owner but this is something that I see a big misunderstanding about so I try to like educate Mm -hmm. education name of the game I mean yeah I mean you're educating you started educating brides and you still do because Mm -hmm. they need to buy better. They need to know what they're buying and, and have more education to be able to buy correctly. And now you're talking about the exact same thing. Like you're now you're educating vendors on what exactly is it they're purchasing when they purchase the advertising. Yeah. And I think that's smart. Then they can buy better. Yeah. You know, they can buy smarter. Yeah. And like when, and when it comes to people like deciding on where to spend their marketing dollars, which mm-hmm. I mean, like you, I always encourage people like, look at what you're getting. Like, are you getting anything for the money that you're spending? And also how much Mm -hmm. do you value that? Like if you don't value having a influencer, which (laughs) now I say, I guess like publications are AKA influencers in the wedding world. If you don't value being, having your work shared to Mm -hmm. their audience, then like you're not going to value being a V-list member. Like if you don't value the like long-term benefits of, being published, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to value being a viewless member. But like, yep. if you want like a quick bump in traffic and yeah, like maybe pay somebody for an Instagram ad or like, sure. um, 
do an Instagram ad. Like you have to really know where you want to be putting your efforts and how it's Mm -hmm. going to fit into the whole story of your business. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, I love that. I think it's super interesting. We actually changed a lot of our advertising this year and we Mm -hmm. pulled back on most of our publication style marketing, but we actually joined the V list because we specifically wanted to be more active on Instagram, Facebook, social advertising versus Mm -hmm. magazine, you know, vendor listings. And so that was something that actually attracted us more to that type of a publication was because we do know brides are shopping more on social media versus, you know, versus some of the other publications. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you had a baby Uh and so how old is she now? She will be three in April. Um, it has been interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And so a lot of our listeners are moms or, Mm -hmm. or parents, families. Right. And so Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about how you juggle your time. Like how, how did that change? You mentioned a little bit, but then, and then how do you juggle your time now? Oh man. Um, (laughs) it is, I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know if I'm ever going to figure it out. (laughs) Um, but I, like I said, I had to switch from working whenever I wanted, however I wanted, like all day long, Mm -hmm. um, to having a very small window to work. And I am not the most productive person. Like I will be the first to say, um, and actually like in the last couple of years, I've done a lot of research since having her, I've done a lot of like personality research and research on my strengths and like trying to figure things out. Like that's what I'm all about. Trying to figure things out. (laughs) Um, trying to figure out the best ways for me to work and the ways Mm -hmm. that I need to be okay with how I work. So for instance, I'm a big idea person. I'm an ENFP on the like Myers-Briggs thing. And Part of that basically to me says like, you suck, you (laughs) you, um, don't get anything done and um, you don't take instructions well. And like, I guess the one thing I have going for me is that I'm an entrepreneur. Right, for sure. And that I can be in somewhat control. So, but with that, I've also had to look at my strengths and Mm -hmm. um, which I took something called the strengths finder test, um, which I think I'm pretty sure you have to pay for, but like a lot of my strengths are like community building. And, um, one of them was like passion related. Like I get really passionate about things. So I had to look at all of that and then say like, okay, well I really lack in execution. So I had to hire people to help me like execute things and get things Mm -hmm. done. And, um, so I hired a bunch of people, um, (laughs) and I, have help, thank God, from my mom. So my mom basically watches my daughter pretty much every single day. Um, she'll start preschool in the fall. So, so that'll be, helpful. yeah, that'll be helpful. That'll be a change. I'm definitely like looking forward to a schedule of school. <laughs> yeah. um, but like I had to, I had to give up certain things. Like I yeah. um, don't really speak that much anymore. Um, it's hard for me to, to leave and like Mm -hmm. go anywhere and do anything. And, um, I had to kind of give up a little bit of a social life. I mean, for the most part, no social life. Um, (laughs) and I had to like, for, I feel like for the longest time, 
my like measure of success was Mm -hmm. not having to work at night and I had to go back to working at night. And so for a little while I felt very unsuccessful and like a failure because I Mm -hmm. had like reverted. Um, I also, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Um, haven't really paid myself in a couple of years because my expenses went up so much from having to hire out for things. Um, Thank God my husband was in a position where we basically swapped places. Um, That's awesome. He was a, like, he had started a business and um, was kind of like hoarding his money a little bit. And so we were <laughs> able to like swap of like going yeah. from me paying for everything to him paying for everything. Yeah. Um, so like, like I said, I'm still figuring it out, but yeah. um, I like definitely had to cut expenses as I added more, like added more mm-hmm. help. Um, let's see, what else have I done? I don't know. I, I feel like that's it. I'm not a good, like, I am not cut out to be a stay at home mom. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that, I mean, but isn't that helpful to know yes. early on? And I love that you can say that out loud now. I, you know, my oldest is 14 and it wasn't super highly looked upon yeah. to say that 14 years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, I did quit my job to be home more, mm-hmm. but not to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And I think people were kind of surprised by that. Like, so you quit your job, but your daughter's still in daycare? You yeah. know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I still, I have big plans. I just, you know, I knew I wanted to be home more, mm-hmm. but I did not want to be a stay-at-home mom. And yeah. that was my thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love that you can say that now. And I think, too, I love that you said that, your measure of success back then was that you didn't work at night. Cause I was kind of big on that too. Not, mm-hmm. not working at night and I wanted to get everything done. And, but one of the best parts of being a mom entrepreneur, right. Of having a family and trying to still build this great business is that you can work whenever you want to, or when, yeah. when you need to. Right. So now you can work a little bit while she's napping or you can work while your mom has her. And then you can be with her and be a mom. And then mm-hmm. once she goes to bed, you can get back on the computer and, and do what you need to do too. So I think that there's, <clears throat> I don't think there's a such thing as work-life balance, to be honest. No, no. But I think there's, <laughs> there's some sort of balance for all of us and it's just defined differently for every person. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And kind of what you're trying to accomplish and what you value. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that is probably the most important thing is identifying yeah. what, works for you uniquely and looking at your personality and your strengths and realizing what you need to do to achieve it. And Mm -hmm. that has been super, super eye-opening for me in the last couple of years and just be making sure that I'm aware of it and still paying attention to it and not getting like, not getting sucked into like all of the (laughs) shoulds and supposed tos and like, all of that stuff has also gone into how I've transitioned my business and pivoted mm-hmm. my business too. And, um, like just not getting caught up in the rat race, I guess. Yes. And well, and like, and really just, if you know what's valuable to you, then that, I think it helps you to, to stay away from the shoulds and the, yes. this is what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, plus, especially with kids, it changes seasonally, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, oh, it's yeah. changed so much 
from the stage you're in for me mm-hmm. to the stage I'm in now, my youngest is seven and they're so self-sufficient that I have a lot more freedom. They're all in school, yeah, you know, but it changes with every season you have for them as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and it, but like, then I have to be more available at night to listen for an hour about my daughter talking about some boy at school or, <laughs> you know, or, or the girl drama at school. Right. Yeah. Like probably like really changes a lot once they stay up later and then you lose out on network time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, what, why aren't you in bed? I need to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a good reminder to like that whole thing of not looking at somebody else's, what it, what's that saying? Like, don't compare don't. your middle to somebody else's end or something yes. like that, or your yes. beginning to somebody That's else's so middle and like, yeah. Making... Or even your reality to their Instagram story. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. And, um, I feel like that's just the best, like the best advice I could ever give yeah. anybody with, mm-hmm. with kids or even without kids. Like if you're if somebody yeah. is struggling with the whole work-life balance thing too, like I remember, I distinctly remember when I first started, I, I always felt like a failure because I never got everything done on my to-do list mm-hmm. and I would end every day being like, well, I didn't even get everything done. And it just, it just killed me. And I, it, I think it yeah. happened for like two or three years of me being like, for me being full time. And I just, I was like, why can't I do this? Like everybody else is doing this or like, I don't schedule blog posts ahead of time. Like that's just, mm-hmm. I've just, but finally, like for the longest time, my goal was like, get two weeks of blog posts scheduled and done. <laughs> and so I constantly felt like a failure because I never, yeah. ever, ever got it done ever. Like I, even when I like traveled overseas, I still didn't get it done. So, but I just had to like finally come to terms with the fact that like, this is just how I work. Like I have to, yeah. I have to be super into something. I have to be passionate about it. I have to be really feeling it for me to be mm-hmm. able to like do the work. And it wasn't until I started doing that research and like looking more into what worked for me uniquely that I like finally yeah. realizing came to terms with it. So, yeah. um, and come to find out like my, that's how my personality works. And like my Enneagram is like seven slash nine. Like I, I resonate oh, with gosh. like half of the nine, half of the seven, which uh-huh. is also like, basically like you don't <laughs> get anything done and you just constantly dream. So that's so funny. A seven, nine. That's interesting. I was actually going to ask you what your Enneagram was just because that's the popular one right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. like I think I saw something this morning of like one of those cute little like graph things of like here's all of the things that you like and dislike and literally it was like yeah. almost split down the middle between the seven and the nine. Like I was like, well, I don't really like that, but then I looked at the nine and I was like, oh yeah, I really like that. Um, I think it was like <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I think it was like TV shows or something, and then like one of them uh-huh. was like um, like don't do this to me and and like yeah, it was interesting so it's it I think it probably makes it I think even knowing other people's things too makes it easier for to, sure to like understand their decisions mm-hmm. also like once you know or even like their interactions like some people are super yes. like terse and to the point and mm-hmm. um all that stuff it's just research I love research I I think <laughs> I don't know if it's obvious but I, I love researching things so yeah, no, I love that. Um, so Lauren, tell us where our listeners can find you online, <laughs> not in person. <laughs> um, so online, 
theeverylastdetail.com, like T H E. Not okay. me, um, is my website in general. And then my, um, my brands for my professionals are just ELD for pros. So ELD for pros on Instagram, ELD for pros on Facebook. Um, and I have a Facebook group that has the same title that's connected to my Facebook page. Um, and every last detail blog is like my couples facing Instagram account also. So, okay. Awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing so much about your story and about how you're balancing all of it and all the crazy life. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see where every last detail goes from here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Hey there, wedding pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a wedding pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other wedding pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed to confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later, working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning questions? When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do and we can talk about it, think through it and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing and if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. 
Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pros CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months. In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all of the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.